This is Chargers Unleashed Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dan Wolkenstein and Jake Hefner. Welcome to another edition of Chargers Unleashed. Jake Hefner and Dan Wolkenstein here with you from the LA Football Network. Today's show, of course, is being brought to you by UFC Fit and Temecula, Charger, Bolt Family, and Bet Online. If this is your first time tuning into the show, you can, of course, hit that like and subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Dan Wolkenstein, as I said this past Saturday, this is much closer, man. It's this much closer. We got rookies that actually come to camp tomorrow, or technically when this show broadcasts, it'd probably be the day of. So technically mm-hmm. Tuesday is when they arrive. And then next week, the veterans finally get to camp and we can finally kick the NFL season off in the summertime. And God help me, I can't <laughs> wait. Jake Hefner, welcome to Charges Unleashed, everyone. Jake, how are you, my friend? Fantastic, sir. Had a nice weekend. The live show that we did was great. A lot of fan interaction. A lot of people had some really, really good opinions on the underrated players on the Chargers coming into this season. Players that aren't getting enough you know, talked about enough. They're not getting enough hype. If you guys missed that live episode, I would highly encourage you all to go over and check it out as it was a really fun interaction. And uh, we're going to be doing plenty more of those, of course, when we get training camp rolling here next week. But uh, weekend was good, Dan. Weekend was good. Mellow. Um, Saturday night probably drank a little bit too many, too much water. libations too than much I water. should have. Let's too just let's call it, let's call it, let's call it water. Let's <laughs> I, I drank, let's say I drank it like water essentially. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it was good. Um, home run derbies tonight. So we'll look forward to that. And, uh, other than that, man, just uh, somebody put me in a DeLorean to 88 miles an hour and get me to next week. Well, we are going to be to next week before we know it. And so this episode, uh, we actually are going to piggyback off of the last one we did that was not live, which was going over the camp battles to kind of look for. And we had kind of mentioned in the previous one, we talked about all the offensive camp battles to look for. And we kind of teased the fact that the defensive side of the ball, the camp battles on this side, is going to be brutal and ruthless. And it's going to be a fight to the finish. And there are probably going to be some camp battles that will not get finalized until like the last day of training camp and or into well into preseason, uh, probably the third game. Uh, But before we get into the training camp battles, Jake, let's pay the bills. Our friends over at Bet Online. Are there any prop bets? There probably are prop bets for the home run derby. Who are you? Oh, I'm sure there is. I'm sure that there has to be. There had, I haven't gotten a chance to look yet, but I'm sure that there is. Um, and if you're interested in finding that out, our partners over at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, tonight's home run derby, the latest in UFC fighting news. If you happen to miss this last week's earlier uh, UFC fight, it was on very early in the morning because there was a big boxing match later in the night. But this week, we got another one, of course. Curtis Blades versus Tom Aspinall. So definitely make sure that you go over and take a look at some of the betting odds for that. Uh, but head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V to get the bonus and get into the action. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, so for folks who have not seen already, you can join the show, join the discussion here on Charges Unleashed. You can call us at 323-374-5651 
or text 31032, text the code UNLEASHED, excuse me, to 31032. Submit your questions, topics, reactions, feelings, whatever it is, throughout the entire 2022 season. This is going to be epic. So again, you can join the show, be a part of this experience with us, leave us your comments, either text us 31032 or call the Charges on Leash hotline 323-374-5651. Jake, before we get into all of the the camp battles, no, let's tease it. We have a tremendous giveaway. Probably mm-hmm. one of the best giveaways that we have done on this show. We've been holding out announcing this one for a while. But we are going to... Let's discuss it later on the show. Let's go... We'll talk about it. So yeah, we waited tuned. this long. We can wait another 20 minutes. <laughs> stay tuned for the details of the next Chargers Unleashed giveaway that we're going to announce the winner on day one of training camp. Um, Jake, let's talk all things defensive camp battles. So last week we talked about the offense and probably right tackle, probably running back, whatever, four or five, possibly receivers could be in the mix for camp battles. But on defense, you could argue every position group, except maybe special teams, which we'll get into. uh, There's going to be camp battles and there are multiple guys that we're going to see not make this team that in isolation might be a surprise, but the goal here as we go through these camp battles is to kind of shed some light into some of these camp battles. So that way, when they come into fruition, you're not so surprised. So what position group, Jake, would you like to start (laughs) the bloodbath? I mean, that's putting it mildly, you know, looking back on the offense position breakdown that we did last week, it just looks like, you know, third grade compared to what we're going to do right now because this is insane there's gonna there's gonna be some surprise cuts and this is stuff that has been speculated and talked about all this offseason that you're probably going to hear us say we don't project them to make the team and there's a case that could be made that they won't make the team for a number of different reasons so uh yeah i knew before we got on here and started talking about this that this was going to be an interesting one when you really broke it down and say you know who could really make some some noise and make some camp battles very difficult when you're talking about the back end of the depth at each one of these positions. But Dan, let's start in the trenches. Let's start on the defensive line. Good. Okay. So um, why don't we start with the edge then? Let's start with the edge position and then work our way through the interior defensive line. That'll be the next one. Okay. So edge position, Jake. Um, I think Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack are going to make the team. Pretty confident. Don't got to worry about them as, as edge one, edge two. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, I'm kind of lumping in as an edge player here, so I have him as edge three. And then Chris Rumpf, I think, is solidified into edge four. I guess there could be possibility for an edge five. And then, in my opinion, the only one that arguably could have a chance at that, my, people might think Emeki Abule might be that guy, but to me it's Jamal Davis. And I don't know if they're going to keep five. I don't know if they're going to have, you know, Kyle Van Noy either as an edge rusher or a linebacker. I don't know how they're going to signify it. But in my opinion, I think the battle is between Egbule and Davis if one of them can make the team. And I kind of have a leg up on Jamal Davis. I know the team is pretty high on him. I think Daniel Popper kind of alluded to that in one of his recent articles from The Athletic. Um, shout out Daniel Popper, by the way, on his engagement. Congratulations, sir. Um Emeka Egbule, Jamal Davis, I see those as edge five camp battles. I don't think Ty Shelby's going to be able to make it. 
Between those two, would you say one of them has a leg up? And would you agree that those four I have are the four you have? Uh, Yeah, those are the same four that I have. And much to your point, I think that the camp battle does come down to, is it going to be four edge rushers that end up making the 53 roster, or do they keep an additional fifth? And the interesting thing here is is really with Kyle Van Noy. Again, I still think that his main position on this roster, even though I know he can play both edge and linebacker, it's going to be edge. I think bringing him in for the edge three, I think he only becomes or, or starts playing more linebacker in an emergency type situation. But it's good position flexibility to have that whether or not we're ever Brandon Staley, and apparently he does have a plan. We've heard multiple people ask Kyle Van Noy this. What's the plan? What's the plan? And he, and he doesn't want to say anything about it. So the good thing here is that it does give you a little bit of position flexibility, especially when you come to final cuts, that you have a guy who can be that multiple on defense. So that does give you some help there. But yeah, Dan, to your point, this really comes down to edge five. And the um, Jamal Davis, who you were talking about, player from the CFL, signed back in January, as you were mentioning, Daniel Popper mentioned that during his 53-man breakdown, that they were very high on him. So depending on camp, and how he ends up performing. If you haven't seen pictures of Jamal Davis, go and look because right. physically as a specimen, the guy looks, impressive. we all want to look like Jamal Davis. Correct. <laughs> yes. So I think that's really where the can battle comes from. There's a lot of expectations for your boy, Chris Rum coming into his second year. Uh, as been reported, we know that he's put in the work he's put on, uh, put in a lot of work of gaining his strength, his size. So he's trying to put that on and obviously be a bigger contributor adding into his second season. So I still think that when it comes down to it, Dan, I think they'll, they'll still keep four edge rushers. And I, some people may not agree with that just given the fact of, you know, injury, age, age, anything like that that may come into play as far as the, lack thereof depth as far as experience and maybe just mm-hmm. age goes behind that. I don't think anybody would expect to have Kyle Van Noy be your starting edge rusher, but having him as an edge three is a huge value. I don't know what we would think if we had to have Chris Rump going into his second season as the starting edge rusher. So that's where the questions come into play. I still think it'll probably be end up being four as they'll probably use, you know, a couple more bodies and in different positions for this group. Um, but there's a very good chance that it could end up being five. Now, again, there, there might be semantics when you get down to the 53-man roster on like what positions these guys play, but just pay attention to the names and the numbers. And so as we kind of keep track here, uh, Jake, so last week we had the offensive breakdown, and I think on my totals for offense, I want to say I had 20... I think it was 24. These were based off of what you would do, not what you thought the team was was going to do, correct? Yes, this is what I would do personally. Um, So this might be a little bit different than I think what you've seen from other places where they kind of predict what the Chargers would do. Uh, This is what I would do, um, or at least I would like to see happen. So just for context, 53-man roster, 53 spots, 25 of them I have from last week going to the offensive side. So that means I've got, what, 28 left? And in my kind of uh, training camp battle breakdown here, the sheet that I have, 23 players I have on defense slash special teams that I have as locks. I have five spots open in total that are going to be up for grabs. And so in the edge position, Jamal Davis, Mickey Aboulay, I guess would be looking to battle for one. 
I see Jamal Davis winning that one. Moving on to the other half of the defensive line, Jake, is the interior defensive line. This one's juicy. This one's going to be rough. Uh, You have the incumbents, i.e. Jerry Tillery, got Covington, Forrest Merrill, Fajoko, all of them have kind of been here for a bit. And then you got all the new guys, Morgan Fox, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, and Otigo Aguanilla. And the weird part, Jake, is as I was going through the camp battles for this one, in my eyes, I don't know about you, but all of the incumbents are on the chopping block, it feels like, and all of the new guys are safe. Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, Morgan Fox, and Otito, all four of those new to the squad this year, all four of those, in my eyes, are safe. Those are locks. Would you agree? I would agree. Okay, so then it comes down to Fajoko, Tillery, Covington, Merrill. Those four guys, I think, are fighting for one, maybe two spots. So in this in this conversation, interior defensive line five and possibly six is the battle to watch for. And it really kind of depends on what they need and what these players, what kind of flavor you're looking for in, a, in an archetype. You mentioned kind of the edge position, you know, with, with if, let's say, Bosa or Mac go down. You know, Jerry Tillery has more of that flex edge slash defensive tackle kind of hybrid mentality where he kind of brings a plus edge rushing, if you want, for passing downs. Or you got like a Forrest Merrill, who's just like a wrecking ball, a little bit smaller, but can rush, can stop the rush much better than Jerry Tillery can. So interior defensive line five, possibly six are the battles to look for. Jake, do you have one or one guy or two that you think has the leg up on that camp battle? So I have, I have the Chargers keeping six defensive linemen here. Six. Okay. Six. And again, with all the the guys that you were talking about, I mean, this is the position where you could say that the most was the, was basically the most made over in a single season. When you look at what you had last year in Justin Jones and Linval Joseph, um, and now the Chargers obviously looked at that and said, uh, bottom three and run defense? No, sir. That's not going to cut it. <laughs> so you go out and you get a familiar face in Brandon Staley's system in Sebastian Joseph Day. You go out and get, you get Austin Johnson, one of the better run defenders in the league. You bring in another familiar face with Morgan Fox that, that Staley has familiarity with. And then, of course, you go out and you draft Otito Ogbania. So... Yes, Dan, to your point, there's a lot of people potentially that could be on the chopping block here. Now, out of those four, I agree with you, yes, that they are locks. I would put Brennan Fajoko as one of the other ones that's making this this final cuts of the roster because when you really break it down, and, and we mentioned this on Saturday when we were talking about underrated players of this roster, Brennan Fajoko, out of the remaining guys that are on this roster, are is one of the better run block, or excuse me, run stuffing uh, defensive linemen that you have. So I think that yep. that value and what he's gradually put into play over the last couple of years, I think is going to show value. I think he's he's shown his worth when he's gotten his opportunity to be in there. Obviously, when it comes to Forrest Merrill, I'm a little bit biased. I have pounded the gong for for Forrest Merrill ever since he got with this team. Back in the days when he was wearing number 66, we called him Bowling Ball 66. So I would love to see a guy like him have another strong preseason that, that it, like he did last year. And I know a lot of people, there are circles that love Forrest Merrill as well and would love to see him be part of this uh, final roster. But Dan, I don't know what to make of Jerry Tillery. This is such an interesting... This next month and a half is going to be so interesting for him because we heard that we, we already knew that the fifth year 
option on his contract was not being picked up. So going into this year, whether he's going to be on this Chargers roster or not come September, this will probably end up being his final year. And we're talking about a former first round pick for the Chargers. You hear the comments that Brandon Staley made when it, when it came to mini camp time, when he was talking about, you know, it, again, paraphrasing here, but he was basically saying in so many words, you know, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson, those guys are established football players. Proven. Those guys are, yeah, thank you, proven football players. Jerry Tiller was not part of that sentence when he started going down the rest of the, of the names that were on that list to him. And let's not forget, Jerry Tiller didn't even, didn't even make it for the first part of mandatory mini camps either. Weird. So it's, it's a little strange. I, I, I don't know what's going to take place. Dan, as you had mentioned that, yes, given how the Chargers defense has utilized Tillery in the past, that he does have a little bit of that flexibility between interior defensive line and edge. The biggest moment that Tillery could have stepped up and really set his footing with his defense was last year. Rotating in when Linval Joseph had injuries, when Justin Jones had injuries, and unfortunately, it just didn't end up panning out that way. And when you see guys that are at that point of the year below him in the roster having a better statistical category in run-stopping percentages, that throws up some flags. And we know the way that Brandon Staley wants to construct this team to, to be able to not only put people in a position to win their own battles on the field, but obviously what's going to give the team overall the best chance to win. So this is one of those names, Dan, that we've talked about it for the last couple of months that Jerry Tillery may not end up being on this 53 man roster. I won't go as far as to say that it's a hundred percent right now, but I'll give it, I'll give it a 70% chance that come September, he may be part of the final cut. 70. Okay. 70. So, so the way I see it is I think there's a solid chance that there's going to be a fight for two spots. So that would be six. But if it's five spots on the interior defensive line, then this is going to be ruthless. But in my eyes, I think Forrest Merrill's on the outside looking in. And I, you know, I don't like to say that because I, I do I love him and what he brings to the team. But given how much overhaul there was on this, I kind of feel like he might be the odd man out. That should, have been, that should have been a wake-up call. Fahoko, Tillery, and Covington, I see as the three players vying for either one or two spots. And, you know, it's tough. I I think if you just took the name off and just closed, it closed, turned off all your eyes to the name and just looked at the play, I don't think there's any question that Braden Fahoko, I think, would be the first guy in between the other two of Tillery and Covington. As he should be. He's earned it. Jerry Tillery has kind of that. Well, they have the investment in him, first round pick. We don't want to look bad, so maybe. But like, I, I don't think Brandon Staley cares about that. I really don't. Uh, so I think it, in my eyes, is probably going to be Fahoko as the fifth one. And if there are six, I think it probably goes to Tillery, and he sneaks in by the skin of his teeth. I don't think Covington makes it, and that's purely because I think his his run defense isn't great last year. It wasn't great last year. Pass rushing was horrible. And I think that this team is looking for kind of someone that would be able to kind of do the best of both worlds. And I don't think that's him. So I think that's going to turn out to be his demise. And so in my eyes, that's Jamal Davis as the edge would be the one guy that makes it. And then in the camp battle, 
and then Fahoko and Tillery. But if it's between Fahoko and Tillery, Jake, who are you taking? <sighs> um, for me, it's Fahoko. I, I agree. It's. I hate to say it's not even close, but it's not even close. And I think it's mostly because of consistency. Yes, that's it as well. It's just there's Jerry Tillery, yes, has had flashes when he has been on the field. But for a guy that you put that much investment in, those flashes should be more consistent when the time has come for him to really step up and show consistent progression as a player. That hasn't been there. Now, granted, he's gone through a couple of defensive coordinators during his time with the Chargers. One in particular, I don't think that he even knew how to properly utilize him. But still, you would figure going into your fourth year, hell, even by last year's standpoint, you would have understood what to do, checking to see that progression that you're hoping to see from someone who's spent enough time in the NFL by this point. And it just it just hasn't been there. And Jacob, imagine imagine the the signal that this would show this entire team, the organization, and the league if come end of training camp, the Chargers somehow cut Jerry Tillery. Like imagine what that says to the team. Like they're not messing around anymore. Like I don't care when you were picked. If you can't play, you're not making the team. Like, when's that time we saw the Chargers do something that bold? From a roster perspective. Not like from bringing in a free agency, but from like a cut. What about what about, what about last year from a certain wide receiver? I think this, we're I all think this would be crazier. This would be crazier. I, I can understand that just because you have the investment standpoint. But I yeah. think of I think you could look at last year and maybe that didn't end up being the best decision in hindsight that the Chargers did when they when they ended up surprise releasing Tyron Johnson. But still, yeah, this I understand. I understand the point that you're trying to make. We we need players that are going to contribute to this team. Yep. All right. So again, we have a special announcement with a giveaway that we're going to be uh, announcing here. When we talk about, um, maybe we'll talk about the position and player possibly that could be on the special announcement, and then we will uh, announce it, Jake. Um, let's go back. Let's go to kind of the second phase of the defense. Let's go to linebacker. Uh, I think some people would argue this is the weakest position on the There's team. no argument. <laughs> <There's>... <laughs> in terms of in terms of depth, I think the only position that you might be able to argue would be edge. Because like after Mac and Bosa, like that's a steep, steep, steep decline to get to Rumpf. I mean Van Noy is kind of your, you know, security blanket there, but other than those four, like where at least like linebackers there isn't like the top end talent outside of a drew tranquil but like i think you look at you know kenneth murray has good upside but he's not you know he has good upside troy reader average nick neiman great special teamers you got amen who i think we all like team is high on like there there's at least depth there where you still got colt christensen you still got possibly like a damon lloyd not sure what we're gonna see from him in camp I don't even know how many linebackers we're going to keep on this squad because Brandon Staley doesn't really value linebacker position as much as, say, defensive line or secondary. Um, so in my eyes, Jake, in terms of locks, I think Drew Tranquil, Kenneth Murray, Troy Reader, and Nick Neiman are all locks for respective reasons, which we'll get into. So I guess 
reality, linebacker five, in my eyes, if you want to call it that, is going to be the position battle. And the reason why I'm saying that, I, I think Nick Neiman, I think, makes a team purely from a special teams perspective. So after that, I think you look at Cole Christensen, Eamon Ogbong-Bemiga. I said it right, finally. Damon Lloyd and Andrew Brown. I think those four guys are vying for one spot. Yeah, I have him keeping five as well. And this is this is one of those positions where you you're almost obligated to use more players at this position than maybe traditionally you would with only keeping four, but it's specifically for the reasons that behind your starters and Drew Tranquil and Kenneth Murray, your depth is iffy as at best. And when you're talking about two linebackers in particular that have had injury history since they have been in the NFL, like, like I said in our movie references, Maximum risk. That's the name of this <laughs> linebacker group. If you get the full potential out of both of your starters, I think that they can be a great duo. But if you don't, and if there are injuries involved, hopefully knock on wood that they aren't, it's a it's a huge risk to take. So you still have Kenneth Murray coming off of injury right now as it stands. And there is so much on the line for him coming into this season. You're basically stepping into a role that Kaiser White just absolutely dominated for this team last year, was a huge contributor. I know it's all a sore subject for all of us that he is no longer on this roster. But if there was an opportunity and all the signals that point to a time where Kenneth Murray has to A, be healthy and B, step up, there's no better opportunity than this right here. We know the type of leadership that Drew Tranquil brings to the table. And when he's on and when he can be freed up to move in his spot, we know that he can be vicious at the linebacker uh, position. Now behind that, yeah, so you went out and you got Troy Reader, another from his time during the Rams. You have Eamon, Dan, who you mentioned. The coaching staff just absolutely has, loves loves Eamon for a number of different reasons. So they believe that he's going to be a solid piece of this depth. And yeah, I think that Nick Neiman makes this team, if it's not just from the standpoint of depth at the, the linebacker position, it's from the special team standpoint. Because if there is one position that he has performed well on, it's definitely been special teams. So I have him keeping five. I can't see them. I would be shocked if they decided to be risky enough to only go into the season with four. But yeah. <laughs> there'd have to, there'd have to be a lot of transitions here because outside of the five guys that we just named, I can't see any one of those other ones even vying for a camp battle as, as, as risky of a position as this is with the depth behind it. It seems pretty clear cut what you should do. You should keep five and the names on uh, out of those five should be pretty easy to figure out. Tranquil Murray reader, Neiman and Amen. Uh, I think, the, I think if we're being honest, the odd man out there would be Cole Christensen. Um, and that's going to be tough to see. Uh, you're not going to like that. So, okay, in that uh, and so in that realm, I got four edge rushers, possibly five with Jamal Davis vying for that fifth spot. I've got four, including Fahoka will be five, and then Jerry Tillery and Covington are probably going to be battling for that last one. And linebacker, we've got five, including Amon, Neiman, Reader, Murray, and Tranquil. All right, Jake. This one's going to be interesting. I'm actually excited to see who you have for for corner back on this defense. So, obviously, J.C. Jackson, CB1. Asante Samuel, CB2. Bryce Callahan, Michael Davis. Flip however you want. They can be CB3, CB4. CB5, 6, 7, 8, 9, however many he wants to have. CB5 and 6, let's call it that. I think that's where the bloodbath starts. 
And given what we've seen, it's kind of interesting, Jake, because last year, you know, it started off so strong for Tavon Campbell. He had that scoop and score. Everyone was loving it. It was great. And then just got absolutely destroyed the rest of the season. And and some of that is to his fault. Some of that is just because the Chargers got decimated by injuries and he was having to go up against wide receiver ones and twos. But you had Tavon Campbell, who just got obliterated all season. You had Keenan Hall, who played a bit last year, who has you know more time underneath Staley's scheme, but still didn't play great. And then you got the new guys. You've got Jazir Taylor. You got Brendan Sebastian. You got Dean Leonard. Uh, some folks really like Dean Leonard. I personally really like Brandon Sebastian, to be honest. And, and Jazir Taylor, I think uh, you're seeing some high praise from from folks covering the team on him. So in my eyes, Jake, I have CB five and six being the camp battles to look for. Who do you see kind of coming out with those battles? Oh, this is so. Tough. You you have if you just went with CB one through four, it's very easy to figure out. JC Jackson, Asante Samuel Jr., Bryce Callahan, and Michael Davis. Now beyond that, if you're just talking about the corners, it's I think Tev- Tavon Campbell has a little bit that he needs to make up for himself because when he was put in starting roles, especially as it got more towards the middle of the year when the injuries really started to happen. As you mentioned, it kind of just took a drastic left Minnesota, turn. Minnesota, that him. game yeah. was rough. Took a drastic left turn for him. So I think he's coming into camp with a lot to prove. Cayman Hall is in a similar boat with that. Dean Leonard, I know from Mandy Minatory Minicamp, albeit you know, you're know you going up against third stringers, he had a pretty nice start yep. to, to camp. And if you read Popper's article that came out when that was going out on back in May, um, or what was it, June last year? I can't remember now. The time just seems so far away. But um, the the mini mandatory mini camp that was that was a good start for him. So, and Dan, to your to your uh, to your words, yes, there are a couple people that really really are high on Dean Leonard. But it is tough though, because it comes basically if if Dean Leonard is making this roster, then is Jasir Taylor making this roster? I don't know. Because in total, in total, and this is where it gets iffy. Because in total, I'd probably see if we're just if we're combining the cornerbacks and the safeties, I have them collectively keeping ten. So if we're just talking about the cornerbacks here, you have your four CB one through four that we've already named off, and then it really comes down to: is it Tavon Campbell? Is it Keeman Hall? Jasir Taylor? And Dean Leonard? There was a big case that of why Taylor and Leonard were drafted this year, especially when it comes to the special teams aspect. And we know the Chargers have done a a, kind of a little bit of an overhaul, switching special teams coaches, hoping to improve that area coming into this season. So there may have been some input from the Chargers special teams coach that comes into making both of these selections. So they may have a, a leg up in that scenario, I don't know, Dan. If it's if it's me, if it's I me, I, I, I'd say I'd say I'd say maybe you give Tavon Campbell a shot at, at getting one of these last two spots, and 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 just based off of what we have heard thus far in mandatory minicamp, Dean Leonard may have the leg up on Jasir Taylor right now. So those are the two guys 
that I'll go with to say round out the six cornerbacks. Yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to Dean Leonard, Jazir Taylor, and Keeman Hall fighting for, or at least that's what I would like to see, fighting for two spots. And uh, going for camp battles, you know, the, obviously, if you just look at it in isolation, Dean Leonard, Jazir Taylor, Keeman Hall, you know, Keeman Hall might have a little leg to stand on, or Tavon Campbell might with, the, you know, the experience. But I do think that Jazir Taylor does bring the special team's juice as either a gunner. So does Hall. Or as a returner, which Hall does not. And as a corner. Well, he doesn't do uh, that, but he, but Hall does have yes. a, a good amount of contributions Agreed. on the special teams. Yes. Agreed. So then when you look at the camp battles, like I almost put Dean Leonard, Keeman Hall, one of those guys is going to get it. And then I have, in weirdly, I have Jazir Taylor or Joe Reed as the camp battle to look for. Hmm. Which would you rather have? Would you rather have Joe Reed as your wide receiver kind of specialist returner or Jazir Taylor as your secondary depth slash special teams guy? See, it's an interesting question to ask, just considering, you know, if you were, if, let's just say if you were to keep Joe Reed as your wide receiver six, and if you're making the argument to say, okay, well, where's the contribution really going to come from from Joe Reed? Are you going to be able to utilize him offensively more than you did two years ago when you <laughs> scored one touchdown with him? Sure, and then he was essentially so. never heard of since then. Um, and the fact of that that I bring that up is because obviously he's already kind of going to be in his like. Are, you're not going to necessarily use him as a returner because that spot has already essentially been taken. Um, Punt returner, you could use wide, punt wide receiver maybe. five as well. Yeah, he does have a you know he does have that flexible skill set that he could possibly master that. But that's a good that's a good question. Man. That's actually a good breakdown when you really think about it. So do you? So in that circumstance, do you still have them keeping six or seven cornerbacks they, if you're battling him between uh, Reed and Taylor? It would be six, and I think in my eyes, I probably would. Just looking at possible production that you can get out of them, I think Staley's going to be able to get more out of the defense and having secondary rotation than he would need to have offense rotation and utilizing a Joe Reed. Because Joe Reed and DeAndre Carter are kind of redundant in that. Kind of. So if it was those two, I think I would err to the side of just your Taylor. But like I think that's what it's going to come down to. I think when the front office is looking at it, which ones could they get more out of? Jazir right. Taylor or Joe Reed? As Brandon C. likes to say, you can never have enough corners and you go out and you sign two in free agency and you draft two in the draft this year. So it could be just a little sign of where they're planning on investing their, their, their time and their players. It's brutal. Okay. Before we get into, into safeties, Jake, let's just kind of keep this easy. Kicker, kicker, punter, long snapper. Josh Harris, J.K. Scott, Dustin Hopkins. Do we have any reason to think Changes? That? No. Right. Okay. No. So cement those. No worries. So next up, finally, Jake, we get to talk about the safety group. Derwin James, Nazir Adderley, J.T. Woods, Mark Webb, I have as locks. What say you? Yeah, I, I agree with this. Um, 
rounding out 10 total defensive backs, four safeties here to go along with the six corners that have come on the roster, just as you said, Dan, Derwin James, Nasser Adderley, JT Woods, and Mark Webb. You've heard the comments thus far from Brandon Staley about the expectations that they had, not just for Mark Webb last year before he went down with his injury, but what they have in place for him this year. So I think if we're talking about the safety group here, that would leave your odd man. Men's out are Alohi Gilman, Ben DeLuca. Um, who am I missing? Uh, you got uh, Skylar Thomas, Raheem Lane. Those are the two guys which you don't really hear much of. But I think that the main guy would probably be Gilman. Yes. That you people would probably kind of raise some eyebrows that he would not be there. Uh, Jake, now that we're on the safety, do we want to discuss? Seems like a good transition. The floor is yours, sir. The floor is mine. Oh, my God. Why are you using me as the conduit for this, honestly? Well, if you could see over my right shoulder over here, there is this beautiful blue and gold signed Derwin James jersey. But if you want to take that and throw it out of my, (laughs) essentially what Dan's holding right now, throw it out of my living room and put it into yours, we are doing a special giveaway for a signed Derwin James mini helmet uh, that we are going to be taking from now up until the point when training camp starts next week. So Dan, I believe you have the contest rules ready for that. Yeah, Jake. So for contest rules, all you have to do to win the signed Derwin James mini helmet, you got to, we'll put it on Twitter to kind of give all the official rules, but basically you got to retweet it. You got to like it and you got to subscribe to us on YouTube. So I got to do, we'll have it on Facebook. We'll have it on Instagram. It will have it on uh, Twitter. Again, retweet, like the tweet, and then subscribe to us on YouTube. Signed, Mini Helmet, Derwin James will give the official announcement on the 27th for who actually wins day one on training camp. So Derwin James, hopefully, maybe we can have him, maybe that day we'll see him resign, Jake. How sick would that be? That would be nice. I would like to see it. So Jake, safety group. There are four guys talked about that are making it. I think five are probably... I don't think they're going to keep five. I really don't. But if they do keep five between Alohi Gilman, Bed DeLuca, Raheem Lane, Skylar Thomas, is it, it seems kind of like it's between DeLuca and Gilman. What do you yep. think? Yeah, I do. And I, I, there's a lot of people that are still really high on Ben DeLuca. And I know that mm-hmm. him being with this team last year, he, um, you know, he's, he's, he's been back and forth as far as the practice squad goes, everything like that. And with Gilman, you know, you, where he really, his biggest contributions that he brought to this team was obviously in special teams. And they were rotating him in a lot more last year than they did his, during his, uh, his first mm-hmm. year. But I still think when you look at the versatility that Mark Webb brings to the table, and again, the investment in the rest of the cornerback room that has been brought on, I don't see them keeping more than 10 defensive backs. I don't no. I'd be surprised if they kept 11. So... When you look at your starting your starting safeties, much like it was with the cornerback room, you went out and you invested <laughs> you invested another high draft choice in in a safety and a very versatile one at that in JT Woods. So that's another name to combat with for Alohi Gilman outside of the rest of the guys that are on this roster. Um, so yeah, I think it's I, I think with the safety group, this this is pretty clear cut just based off of you know draft investment your players that you have and your starters. And of course, when you just look at the words that 
Brandon Staley and the rest of this coaching staff has said about Mark Webb. I think they have big plans for him. So I think that those four round out your safety group and then whatever ends up making the practice squad after this, it could, it could be interesting. Yep. So then in my eyes, Jake, the, the way I kind of see it shaping up for me is in total right now, there are 23 locks that I have on defense slash special teams that we talked about. And then there are 25 locks that I see on offense that we talked about last week. And then from there, Jake, I think that the training camp battles to look for specifically for players on offense Stone Smart, Joe Reed are the two that I think have a chance of making this team. And then on defense, this is where it gets tough. There are, Again, there are only five spots left. So that was two that I already mentioned. You have Jamal Davis, Fajoko, Tillery, Covington, Dean Leonard, Jazeer Taylor, Keeman Hall, Eamon, and Alohi Gilman all fighting for five spots. Don't forget the battle, essentially, for RB3 with the competition that's going to be coming out with that. Yep, and RB3, again, so last week we talked about Eckler Spiller. I had Letty Brown, Horvath, and I actually had Justin Jackson making the squad, but in this scenario, I put Larry Roundtree in there because I think if Justin Jackson somehow is, you know, picked up with somebody else, then I think they probably be being Roundtree. But, so let's kind of get into it. So five spots left, Jake. And I think we talked about what we thought about Jazeer Taylor versus Joe Reed, so I think we say Jazeer Taylor is one. So we have four more spots for Jamal Davis, Fajoko, Tillery, Covington, Eamon, Alohi, Dean Leonard, and Keeman Hall. <laughs> I think, again, it's, it's, it's going to be a toss-up literally between Taylor and Leonard. I think I'd be surprised if both of these guys ended up making the 53, but when you really look at it, um, I definitely think that one of these guys sticks on on the practice squad. I mean, the, the versatility that J- Jasir Taylor brings may actually give him a leg up over Leonard from the standpoint that he does have experience playing inside and outside, also contributes on special teams as well. We just know kind of a little bit from recency bias that Leonard was making some very good pass breakups when he, when he was playing in camp. So we'll see if he can build on that or if Jasir Taylor is going to make a nice run. But that would be, that would be obviously one of the spots Jasir Taylor would be taught uh, – taking one of those you said there was five spots that you had left yep so, Again, that, so, that so you went so you went dean leonard jazeer taylor you said one of those guys make it i, I still think that one of those guys make it because again i'm not keeping more than 10 defensive backs in total in this case if taylor does make it and taking over one of your spots that would essentially make it 11 that they would keep for defensive backs but okay let's go ahead in that scenario and then your other positions and your other players of note fahoko I definitely think is one you had Me too. You had the, in your list, you had them keeping five defensive linemen. I have them keeping five. I, actually, I have them keeping six. And total. who was, and, and tell t- me the six again. Tillery is the six. So Tillery, Tillery Pahoko, is the six. Otito, Morgan, Austin, and Sebastian. Okay. Covington was not part of that. Covington is not part of that. I think he's odd man out. Yeah. I think, I think when you look at the, the body of work that Brennan Fahoko has done, regardless of if you want to consider it a sample, a small sample size or not. I think that the consistency and the production and you know what, damn it for a guy who was an undrafted free agent, he's earned his time. I, I think he's earned his time on this roster. So if, if it was me, I would be definitely keeping Fahoko over Tillery and that would round out my six and your other ones are what? 
then you have basically you have uh so would you keep are you keeping Keeman Hall or Tavon Campbell? I would say if I had the choice between the two of those, I'd probably be keeping Campbell. But again, okay. now we're now we're adding more to the defensive line or it's well no, so well, no, but I'm saying so you would have basically you'd have four, so Jackson, Samuel, Callahan, Davis as your four corners. Mm-hmm. Then you're adding Jazir Taylor and Tavon Campbell if you were to do six. Uh well no, because my my six had Campbell and Leonard making it, but oh, Campbell and Leonard. If we're just okay. right. If we're if we're just talking about your list and you have five other spots to occupy, pick your poison. Where do you want to put the other positions? If it's me, I'm definitely obviously keeping the five linebackers, um, including Amon. Including Amon is part of that. In your case, Dan, I, if you're looking for another five to round out those, and you want to look from a defensive perspective, I think just Jasir Taylor would make a case for that. So yeah. in your list, you would essentially have 11 defensive backs. Let's round it out a little bit more. If we're talking about another player to list that could possibly make a run for it to round out your roster, Joe Reed would probably take one of those spots as well. As far as how the camp battle goes, we'll see how that goes. I don't think, um, I don't think so. I don't think so. So look, looking at it now, like I think Joe Reed, odd man out stone, smart odd man out. I think Covington's out. Jamal mm-hmm. Davis is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keeman hall. I so think you might- still only have them keeping four edge rushers on your roster. Uh, yes. In my eyes, Bosa, Mack, Rum, Fanoy. Okay, so then uh, Jamal Davis, I think, has a, has a shot to occupy one of those five vacancies that you have. Jasir Taylor is another one. Joe Reed is another one. Uh, so that occupies three, which leaves two left. You got Eamon. Eamon is in the list. Eamon of, is in the list. Okay. Well, so no, I mean, Eamon would need to be another one, so that would be one one less. Okay. So I, I think the five turn out to be Tillery, Fajoko, Leonard, Taylor, and Eamon. Those are my five guys that I don't currently have on my locks that I think will end up getting pushed up. Got it. Ugh, which means you're going to not see Alohi Gilman, Ben DeLuca, Cole Christensen, Brandon Sebastian, Tavon Campbell, Forrest Merrill, and Emike Boule. You're not going to see any of those guys. Joe Reed, you're not going to see on this squad in my eyes. Which, like, whew. That's tough, man. It's look. We we said at the top of the show that this was going to feel a hell of a lot more difficult than it was for the offensive side of the ball, and it's true because some of these could be surprises to some people. I know when we're looking at it from the Chargers' lens that we know a lot about what these guys can do. Like I said, I'm a, I'm not a closet Forrest Merrill fan. I pound I pound the table for for Forrest Merrill. Uh, <laughs> I love Brennan Fajoko. I really hope that the Chargers coaching staff has really looked at his body of work since he's been with this team. I think he's earned a roster spot, not only just from, you know, what he brings to the team from a, from a player perspective, but just look at it statistically. He he's, he's brought enough to earn his way onto this roster, I think. So, um, yeah, (laughs) it's difficult, man. It's difficult. Hmm. It's gonna. It's, I mean, look. Let's put it. It's gonna be bittersweet. Like it's gonna be. It's gonna be great to kind of see this team kind of get a little cutthroat, if you will. But it's also gonna. It's kind not of a bad problem to have when you exactly. have this much competition. Exactly, and the fact that we're sitting here arguing about camp battles this far down the depth chart, like it's been a long time since we've been able to talk about it being that low of a. Pri- I mean, again, it's still a high priority, but that low of a priority relative to the other open spots that are available. Um. So that wraps up the 
training camp battles to look for. We talked about defense, special teams. We talked about the offense last week. Um, Jake, anything else you want to tell the great friends? We already talked about the giveaway with Derwin James. Again, go ahead and go on to Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All you got to do is subscribe to us on YouTube, retweet it on Twitter, and like, and then all the you're in. You can get this. This could be yours. Great little plug. Uh, no, for me, I'm just excited that that camp is finally back technically next week. I know we have the rookies that report on Tuesday, so we'll get – let's see if we get anything out of out of when they come back. Probably not. Probably not. In this purgatory of NFL news. I'm sick and tired of tuning on ESP, turning on ESPN, and the best things that we can talk about is waiting for the pending Deshaun Watson decision or the battle between Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, that starting quarterback spot. Deshaun Watson thing's taken forever, by the way. Look, I mean, the best thing that we could talk about right now that we've seen today is, oh, the Madden ratings came out, and now everybody's throwing up their hands for this. It's like, I don't, don't. care, man. I want actual football. Let's talk actual football. It is cool to see Mike Williams, though, finally getting some love. I think he, I think he got like an 86, which I, I think he was much lower than that at the start of last year. Um, yeah, I agree. I'm ready. I'm ready for next week, man. Let's get to it. All right, guys. Uh, let us know what you think in the comments. If you guys are still listening uh, <laughs> to the show, let us know what you think for the camp battles, who you'd have in, who you'd have out. Uh, we will be having another show next uh, where we discuss more about these Los Angeles Chargers heading into training camp. But until then, you can find Jake Hefner and his backwards hat at Jake Hefner. No, that's not true. At Jake T. Hefner on Twitter. You can find myself and my backwards hat at Chargers Homer. Again, like, subscribe, follow everywhere you can find us. And we'll talk to you next time on Chargers Unleashed. Thanks so much for tuning in.